drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slade's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, caught, touchdown to Torbeyer, Marvin Jones. Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown to Twin Lions. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on everybody? We are back, back in the house, doing dollars and cents, finishing up this series. It's the finale, and you got to stay tuned because anybody that listens to the Kool-Aid cast knows this may be a fiery episode. There may be some... uh, some arguments, some fireworks, uh, and it's not 4th of July, but we are talking tight ends and special teams with the one and only Grifka. Grifka, what's going on, buddy? Hey, man, it's nice to be back. It's going to be my favorite episode. We get <laughs> yeah, to talk man, about this... special teams, man. They're a very important part of the game, a third of the game. <laughs> third of the game, absolutely they are. And uh, we know that there's some definitely some tight ends that you love on this football team. So we'll get into all that. Um and really enjoy it. Griff, could we got to hit some news and notes right off the top here? Uh, I was going to bury this down the list, but I had to move it up to the top. I mean, you can't even just dance around it. I mean, big snacks, your boy, you shook his hand. Darius Slay have uh, shown up to camp. They kind of just washed all this within a day or two. Both of them said we're going to be at camp. Uh, we're recording here on a Wednesday. They showed up today. Um, man, uh, super happy. I mean, there, there's no other sound bite to sound it up, Grifka, than, than absolutely this. Woo! I mean, were you as ecstatic as me and Rod Allen were? Because uh, I'm super happy there in camp. We put all this behind us and go play football. Uh, yes, I was. Uh, I was a little surprised actually. I thought maybe they were going to try to pull like a, a Melvin Gordon, who already said he wasn't showing up for camp. And not Zeke, it sounds like Ezekiel Elliott for the Cowboys is still kind of on the fence, and he's kind of leaning towards not showing up for camp until he gets a new uh, new contract. But uh, after seeing that Snacks and Slay were both going to report, I was, I was uh, real, real happy. I was ecstatic, like you said. Um, I guess I was a little more surprised that uh, Slay was going to report than Snacks. I always thought Snacks would be there day one, but I know on previous shows, me and you talked about maybe Slay would be out for like, you know, like a week or two or something like that, you know, maybe because, you know, one of those veterans didn't want to show up, but Snacks is looking to, uh, you know, you know, where he's at, you know, with his age and his contract, you know, I think he's going to show up, you know, was going to be a good soldier hoping to get, uh, you know, that, that payday, you know, where Slay, he probably thinks he's got the lines kind of by the tail, you know, you know, excuse the pun that, you know, he's obviously the best cornerback on the team and, uh, you know, he might be able to hold out a little longer, but both showing up, that's just got to be huge for this defense. I think it really points to the mindset of this team and actually the leadership of Matt Patricia that uh, those guys that were threatening to hold out are going to be there on day one. Grifka, I listened to your answer, but in the midst of your answer, did you actually say 
um, had him by the tail and, and tried to use that as some type of lion's pun. Was that what that was? It was. I mean, I, I wasn't, I, I didn't realize it was a pun until I said it and it came out. I'm like, that sounded kind of bad. So that's why I said that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't do that again. But uh, no, I, I agree with your take. I mean, you could have summed it up simply with something like this. Yeah! Yeah! I mean, I know that's what I did at my office when I saw these guys were in and people were kind of looking at me funny. But uh, yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm super happy they're back. I was a little bit worried about both, to be honest. I thought, uh, you know, S- Snacks Harrison definitely had this team kind of in a perfect position to sort of sit there and wait. You know, I don't think uh, Pecco or the rookie or any of these people were really going to be able to, you know, this is how you do a pun, Griffith. Literally plug the hole that would have been there if Snacks was missing. So, um, you know, I think that uh, this guy's a run stuffer. He does it all. And I was just glad that he just sort of, I don't even know. I guess they just either had other stuff going on or didn't want to be at camp. But it was just surprising to see him sit out, you know, a meeting with the agent. Nothing comes of that. And then, all right, we'll, we'll be there. It's just like, okay, <laughs> you know, uh, good for the team and, and good that we don't have to mess with this. So, I'm super happy about it and we can just kind of move forward. So that was good. Um, Let me throw this one at you, Griff. I know you didn't see this, uh, but on the Lions YouTube, I was cruising it, kind of checking out uh, a couple things they had put up. And uh, my boy, he's now my boy when they drafted him. I can't say he was, but uh, soon after loving this guy, I think he's going to fit in and expect big things. T-Walk, Tracy Walker, seven. 47 was hanging out with Tori Petri. I mean, that's a good day regardless, right, Grifka? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> excellent, excellent job, Alliance reporter. Um, she took T-Walk down to the uh, Coney Islands down in the D and, and had him have a ch- uh, Coney dog at both uh, both spots. Uh, my question to you, Grifka, have you ever been to the Coney Islands down in the inner D? If you have, what's your favorite? And if you haven't, are you a Coney Dog fan? Uh, I will admit I have never been to the Coney Dog. The, was that? I believe it's All-American Coney and I think Lafayette Coney, if I remember. But I've never been to either one of them. Um, that is incredible. Yeah, it sort of is because I really do like Coney Dogs. But I think the last one I had was when I worked in Flint, Michigan. There's a Coney spot there. I can't like one of my coworkers took us there. and said, this place has great Coney dogs. So we went there and yes, it, it was good. And no, it wasn't A and W. You know, so cornbread. No, it um, wasn't cornbread. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Grifka, this might get me a little hot water, man. But uh, I've been to both. I went there. I I've been there a couple times. But man, buddy took me there with a bunch of buddies actually. Uh, it might have been two, three in the morning. We go to both the Coney's downtown D, and uh, I'm not a fan, man. I'm not a fan of the Coney dog. I think it's just an absolute uh, uh, mess. That chili when they were putting it on it or whatever they want to call it on the top just looked absolutely disgusting. I know it wasn't that good when I had it. They gave you the – you get the fries, too, with the goop on the top. Like, I don't know. I know it's a, a Detroit staple, but I, I got I to gotta balk on it. I mean, I don't mind a good broad or hot dog, but – to me, it's not good. Even the big old chunky onions. Oh, I don't mind onions, but I don't need big chunky onions on top of chili on top of a nasty wet hot dog. So T-Walk's eating this, and I think he's on my side because you could just see his eyes going, oh, boy. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's pretty good. 
that's not bad. I was just thinking, you hate it, bro. Just say it. <laughs> uh, of course, he was going to tow the company line, but I thought it was a nice little piece. And uh, he was cool, man. He's just kind of down to earth, big dude, man. You could see this dude's ripped. His arms are huge. He looked like he's got his head on straight, ready to go. So I was excited about that. But I, I wanted to to balk at the Coney dogs, which I'm sure will get me some some tweets from people telling me it's yeah. the greatest thing of all time. Yeah, I believe it will. Actually. I mean, you probably want, like hate Verner's and Fago Pop and Made Right Potato Chips too, right? No, most of those are, are on my list, but me saying I hate Coney's on the podcast might be, uh, I don't know, this. It's a bad decision, period, point blank. <laughs> it was a, the, one of the dumbest decisions I ever made. <laughs> but I got to be real with the people, so that that is what it is. But Tracy Walker, man, is ready to go. Um, hopefully he's not going to be pounding Coney's every day because we need him on that back end doing some big things. So just thought yeah. I'd bring that up. And yeah, Trace uh, Walker needs to stay nice and thin and trim and ripped out there. He don't need to be looking like, you know, snacks. So, uh, yeah, I'm okay with him staying away from the Coney dogs. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And then Grifka, I'm cruising the podcast here the last day or two. And, uh, Tori Petri shout out once again here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, uh, did a sit down with Matt Pat, man, Matt Patricia sat down and did an interview and, uh, gosh, man, I know he didn't have many wins last year and everybody ragged on him, but this is one of my favorite Lions coaches. Just listen to him talk, listen to his dedication to the team and uh, everything he had to say, just his love for football. I just thought it was awesome. I wanted to bring it up here in the beginning, but if people go back and listen to that, like tune in to where they ask him about the tight ends or not the tight ends, the rookies. They go, um, you know, she asked him about the rookies and, you know, kind of how their learning curve or how they've been doing. And I was kind of surprised. Like Matt Pat kind of said, oh, yeah, the rookies. Like, I'm glad you brought it up about them being real far behind. Or And then he went on this big diatribe about, like, that they did okay, but he's really anxious to see how they come back after this long layoff. And, you know, they're really far behind, and that's what happens with rookies. I mean, I didn't expect Matt Pat to blow bubbles and – and and give them candy canes, you know, in regards to pubbing them up like some guys do. But he really seemed kind of not only down, but I haven't heard much pub at all about this kind of rookie class in regards to how they did in the spring. Kind of, you know, any glowing, you know, look out for this guy. It's It's been pretty tempered, I think. So what do you think about that, Grifka? You need to pull that up on your phone if you know how. Uh, check out that podcast and uh, – see what Matt Pat had to say about all things, but about, about the rookies, especially. Okay. Yeah, actually I will do that because you're right. You see a lot of interviews where, where, uh, they, coaches talk about rookies and they will, they won't, they'll give them like glowing, like, Oh, this guy's, you know, number one, this guy, you know, he's right up there, you know, with the guys that have been here forever. I mean, they, they tend to, they can temper it a little bit, but it seems like there's a lot more, a lot more coaches will like sound like just give them like glowing reviews like oh this guy's you know he's, he's learning faster than what we thought he would he's, he's almost up to speed he's really going to be competing and if a coach is out there saying you know sounding very you know very mild on what the rookies look like so far i mean it's good it, it one i think it takes a little bit of pressure off them you know like oh gosh i mean we did so good and, you know continue to live up the expectations or it could you know maybe light a fire under them as well you know like you know maybe maybe they think we'll we should be a little farther along than what we are, you know, and they'll get in the, uh, they'll get in the, you know, the complex earlier, you know, be one of the first people and be one of the last people out. So, you know, you know, you can look at it either way, you know, like you said, Matt Pat is, he's a very smart football guy. 
And I think he's a coach that really chooses his words wisely and what, what's he going to say. So um, for us to sit back and kind of speculate what he's really thinking, you know, that's, that's just us talking without uh, without really knowing what he's thinking. But Matt, like you said, Matt Pat's a smart guy. He, he, he knows how to get these guys motivated. So, you know, I will go listen to that. Yeah, and I think they usually undersell him, but this one just kind of caught me more so than most about kind of how nonchalant, how down he was, you know, not even one glowing report about, oh, man, you know, really like uh, how the guys have been progressing or they really showed some good things in the spring. It was pretty, uh, you know, off the cuff, kind of really prove themselves and hope they come back ready to go. They better have been studying. That's what I took from it. So I thought that was noteworthy and interesting. So Grifka, let's do this. Let's take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll come back and uh, talk all things dollars and cents, man. Tight ends and special teams. Everybody will be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Detroit Kool-Aid, we are back. Back here with Grifka. We're talking all things dollars and cents. But Grifka, you know we got to hit that music, get this thing rolling. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. money. <laughs> dollar, dollar. Dollar, dollar. Where's my money? Grifka, we're talking all things dollars and cents. Tight ends, your favorite position on the football team. And special teams, my absolute favorite. This should be an awesome show. Um, we've got the numbers in front of us. We've got contract details. Um, let's go ahead and get into it right now, buddy, and break it all down. So let, let, let me kick it to you. And I'm just thinking how to phrase this right now. So Grifka, we're going to start with a player that's been, I don't know, he's been a fixture on the podcast. Um, you know, he's been a guy that uh, has been talked about a lot. There's been some arguments started over him. There's been some differing opinions. Um, we're just going to get into it right now. Grifka, me, the people, the Kool-Aid drinkers, the world wants to know, talk to us about the dollars and cents, the player, the age, the ability, the skill set of the one and only, your favorite player in the NFL, a guy that you could not wait to come off the draft board, TJ Hawkinson, everybody. Grifka, the floor is yours. I'm I'm gonna wait a second while you go light the votive candle in front of your picture of T.J. Hawkinson. So go ahead, take a second, go do that, and then we can talk. About I it. love the Lions. <laughs> Say it with me. I love the Lions. Yeah, that's that's coming from me and the Kool Aid drinkers. Now now you say what you're about to say. Okay. Well, first of all, let's just break down the simple numbers first. I mean, I mean, Sir, please, well, please. Uh, like you said, it's it's dollars and cents. So he's he's got the rookie contract. It's the um, you know, his salary. At the, he's going to make the four ninety five. But with the signings, the signings and the, the signing bonuses and all the other little bonuses, he has the cap at a three point six this year. I mean, we're not going to worry about dead money for a Hawkinson. I mean, he's going to be here for at least a couple of years, two three years, while they give him a chance to figure this out. You know, he is the eighth a pick couple of the draft, years. So. Oh my gosh, I got to bite my tongue here while you 
go with your go ahead. Well, you know, he, he was the eighth pick, so so they you know they will give him opportunity. Obviously, you know they do have a plan. Step your game up. Yeah, he needs Go to ahead, step his Griffin. game up being the eighth pick. Once again, eighth pick, you know, you need to be a game breaker. You just can't be in there to block. But, you know, that's okay. I mean, I, I know you think he's going to be putting up all these fat numbers this year. but uh, uh, I want winners. I want people that want to win. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm sure he wants to win. I'm sure he wants to, to be his best. But I just don't think he's a game breaker at number eight. But uh, his salary, where he fits in, I mean, I know if, I, I'm going to use your word right here. He's cheap. So, uh you know, I, I know right now he's penciled in as like the starting tight end uh, as one of the starting tight ends. It looks like they're going to be running some uh, two tight end sets, you know, with him, uh, Jesse James. So uh, he's out there, you know, he'll be, you know, he'll be on the field, you know, doing his best you know, at the number. Eight. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Yeah, that's what you'll hear after Jesse James catches the touchdown. But um, that's uh, right now, like I said, just his rookie contract. And next year, um, his cap, his cap hit goes up from 3.6 up to 4.5. Year three, it's uh, at the cap at a 5.4. So, like I said, it's that standard contract. not No more of those uh, bloated rookie contracts, you know, that we remember the days of uh, Indomitian Sue and uh, Matt Stafford. So, uh, once again, um, you know, I, I, I'm not on the uh, TJ Hawkinson payroll like yourself. So, every you know, I don't, I don't get money like you do every time you mention his name. So, uh I mean, he'll he'll be he'll be one of the starting tight ends. He's a rookie, so that's what he's a rookie. He's gonna be one of the starting tight ends. So, uh, I guess that's what we have right here. So, uh, what is your take on Mr. T.J. Hawkinson? Um, Countdown to the uh, suck fest of uh, T.J. Hawkinson greatness. Three, two, one, and that's you, Derek. Go ahead. (laughs) Grifka, is that all you got, really? Oh, right now. I'm, I'm trying to temper it a little bit right now until I, hear, game I, I, want, I, I want you to just keep flowing. You know, I, I just want I just want it to be like the TJ Hawkinson love coming out of you, out of your mouth. Like, you know, like, oh, gosh, you know, it's going to be it's going to be like so bad. You're going to make him blush himself if, if he ever hears you talk about him. Grifka, I mean, you totally let the people down there. You've been talking all this noise. You've been, like, running this player down. He's the top pick for our team. He's going to be an integral part of our offense, and that's all you got? That's pitiful. I mean, it's absolutely pitiful to, to hey, perform like integral? that. What you, what you, you, like stuck. the number one option? Stuck. Like the number two, the number one tight end option? Is that, is that, because I, I still, it's not going to happen. He, he's not going to be that. He's a rookie. I mean, everybody says it. Our guests that have been on the show have said that it's it's gonna it's not he's not gonna produce like you think he is his first year. So all the Lions fans, I think he's just gonna put up like you know Bronkowski numbers. It's not gonna happen. Just you know, temper your enthusiasm of him. And I know like the big thing as long as he helps us win. Well, then your eighth pick is just a blocker. Then then go get a tackle because that's all they do. Then you know they go and block and help you win. So that's what you got. So. If you think he's just going to put up these fat numbers, it's not going to happen. Just, you know, temper your enthusiasm on him. You know, give him a chance to get his feet wet. When, I mean, you, you're thinking, you know, 900 yards and 10 touchdowns. It, that's not going to happen. So, just just go ahead. I mean, I'm going to have a stroke here talking about this. I had too much salt today, so. <laughs> All right. Well, Grifka, before I give my take, man, I need a little music because – I've been telling you for I don't know how long that you're the king of like 
oh man, this has happened for the last 20 years. So the next 50 have to be exactly the same. Or, oh, you know, I, it rained yesterday. So it's going to rain every day after that, because that's just what the, the past told me, or that's what the, the weatherman said. I'm here to tell you, this guy is going to break the mold, man. He's going to shock the system. Shock the system. <laughs> Grifka, I got to leave this music underneath because this is undisputed, Grifka. This is TJ Hawkinson. We, you think we spent the number eight pick on a tight end because he can't play football? You think we're going to pay him $3.6 million cap hit if he can't play the game, if he's not worth it, if he can't block, if he can't catch, if he can't run after the catch, if he can't do some things? You got to be kidding me. Like I've been telling you this over and over again. Here we are the day before camp. And you're going to be wearing this guy's jersey in two years, guaranteed. He's going to be your favorite lion, probably. Like, I'm telling you, just because every other tight end hasn't put up big numbers doesn't mean T.J. Hawkinson can't. I'm also not guaranteeing that he will from the absolute jump, but I'm also telling you that all this nonsense I read about, ah, maybe he'll get like 400 yards and a couple touchdowns. Those are just the same people that don't shock the system, that are undisputed idiots that think that they're just going to say the same thing they've been saying for a decade because their brain can't think any other way. Like, that's lazy thinking. That's just, oh, I'm just going to say this because it's the norm. Instead of going outside the box like I'm doing, saying that TJ Hawkinson is going to be a ball player. I love his contract. As you said, even in the number eight pick nowadays, these rookies can do some things and they can uh, impact the football team. Yeah, they could have went defensive end, defensive of tackle. They could have went other ways in the draft. This is the guy we got. I'm totally fired up to see this offense. TJ Hawkinson is going to be leading this tight end group, um, and he's going to work really well with Jesse James and all the other guys we're going to talk about, because he's that type of guy as well, a guy you don't have to worry about. So, Rifka, you better get on board with TJ Hawkinson. You better love his dollars and cents, because you said, oh, it'll be here a couple years, see what he does. Rifka, this guy is going to be a, a player Detroit loves, a state of this team for nearly a damn decade probably going to have a seven to ten plus year great career and uh, i don't need to watch him for three years to tell you that just like most people that's what it is get on board or get out and uh <laughs> that's what it is so like i say let me pull this music down and see if you got anything else to bore the people with yeah it, it, it'll take him a few years before he really starts to put up any numbers no i'm not going to ever be wearing his jersey I, I would do that just to spite you that like even if i I did end up loving him. I'll never get his jersey and wear it, you know. So uh, that would be for you. But uh, like I said, it's just one of those things where I, I, you know, how I feel about tight ends in the first round. You, he'd be more palatable in the and later in the first round. But still, I just, I, I you say I hate him. I, I don't hate him. I mean, if they would have got him like at twenty, I would be fine with it. But no, they got him at eight. So, no, I, I don't like it nearly as much. And, yes, it does leave a bitter taste in my mouth. And there's plenty of Lions fans like myself. You're right. It's just that bitter taste from other mishaps are, are there. So, it, it, it sucks. It's just to sit there and go on a ledge like, oh, yeah, this guy's going to be different. It, hold it, it, hold I on. Think, I don't think it will, though. Time out. Time out. Before you finish your takes, since I had music, I think it's only fitting I give you music for this take that you're giving the people. Hold on. Here you go. Now you can talk. So- you always play that like when we're talking about, uh, like, we're talking about 
no, that's for you. That's that's this loser mentality you have. This loser take of you saying, oh, poor me, like he's never going to do anything. That loser music is for you. That's that's your music when you start talking, boring me, boring the people with these old takes. That's your music. Okay. But like I said, it's just, you know, it's, it, it happens. I mean, like, you just think all of a sudden this guy, oh, shocks the system. No, there's a reason why those rookies put up those numbers because that's what happens. That's what they do. It's just it's, it's because it is. It's one of the most difficult positions to transition to from college to the pros. So he's not going to put up these fat numbers. He's not going to do all that. So you're going to be shocked the system, you know, when he's not, you know, how come he's not putting up these numbers? Because he's a rookie. That's why. So it's going to be a shock to your system because you have it up in your mind. You know, this pie in the sky thought that he's going to be throwing down up all, you know, throwing up all these numbers. It's not going to happen. But, you know, as long as they get wins because he's out there blocking, you're okay with it. So, you know, they brought him in to produce and catch touchdowns. But as long as they, you know, the eighth pick tight end, we got it's just a blocking tight end. You can find those guys anywhere. You know, so, I mean, because you had that take as well. As long as he, he's out there blocking, helping us win. Okay. So, you know, a guy that you want to be an integral part of the offense, as long as he's out there blocking, you know, you can find that guy in the fifth round. You don't need to take him with the eighth pick. So, yeah, sorry. If, if that's all you wanted was a blocking tight end, you could have took Devin Bush. So, whatever. <laughs> a block, that's all you wanted was a blocking tight end. Okay, people, you heard that. Grifka, here's the people summing I didn't up say, your I didn't say I wanted a blocking You said, no, in a prior episode, you're like, you're like, well, even if he doesn't put up, if he's out there helping us win, he's out there blocking, you know, creating holes, blocking downfield. You can get that tight end anywhere. You don't get it with the, you don't have to take that with the eighth pick. You want the eighth pick putting up Gronkowski numbers, what you want. Once again, those guys got to be your game changers. They got to be your your stars, not just some guy out there who blocks. Because that's that's what you said. As long as he's out there helping us win, even if he's out there just blocking. Okay, you can get that. Oh. Tight, you can get a blocking tight end anywhere. Okay, Grifka. Here's my first clip for you. I've said this before. Yes, I definitely want these type of football players on my team. I want winners. I want people that want to win. I freaking want to win. And you keep calling him a blocking tight end. That just shows me you've never watched the kid. You're giving him no credit. He, yes, he does block. He is a good blocker. He will block this season. When you call him a blocking tight end, all the people are just like writing you off, man, when you start talking because you don't know what you're talking about. They're looking at you going, well, like you're just rambling on about he's a, like a plotting blocking tight end. Do you think that the Bobby Quinn is going to take a guy at eight that has said. that type of skills? That's what you said. You said even if he was out there just blocking, you know, helping us win games, blocking, not catching a lot of balls. If he was out there, that's what you said. So I'm quoting you, but you, but you're throwing that back in my face like that's what I wanted. No, that's not what I wanted. I can you can go get a blocking tight end anywhere. You're the one that said even if he's not, he's not a blocking numbers, tight he's end, blocking helping us win games. That's what you said. So you're throwing you're throwing your your take in my face as mine? No, that's not my take. That's your take. That was your take. That wasn't my Grifka. take. Please don't make me play the loser music again. Grifka, let I'm me let like, me some your freaking take. It's not my take. My take is I didn't want to tighten end at the eighth pick. Your take was, well, even if he's even putting up big numbers, as long as he's helping us win games. If he's out, he out there blocking, he's a great blocker. Great, you can go get a great blocking tight end anywhere. God, it makes no. You, how are you ripping on me for your take? It's your freaking take. You had the. T I mean, oh god, that's like, 
you're oh my Griff, you don't know what you're talking about. You're the one who said it. Gosh. Oh, you're stupid, Mike. No, I'm not. It's not my take. That's your take. God. Hey, Griff, could Jim Caldwell just come called in and had something for you? Um, policy is still the same. Check the report. I think you need to rewind the tape, Griff. Could turn the tape back, check the report, because what I said is you're going on and on. Oh, maybe he'll have two catches a game, maybe three. I don't know. Maybe a, maybe he'll score three touchdowns if he's lucky. I said, first of all, uh, again, I might as well just play the clip again. This was my first take on TJ Hawkinson. I want winners. I want people that want to win. I said, I want him to add to the football team and help us win ball games. That's what I said. And then you went on and on about how his stats. What are his stats going to be, Oakry? That's what I want to know. And I said, Grifka, I think he's going to put up decent stats. I think he can put up better stats than most early drafted tight ends. And you went on and on about Dustin Keller and whoever else you, you Googled right before the show. And then, so after I listened to you for 30 minutes about that, I said, Grifka, even if he doesn't put up my numbers, but he puts up better numbers than you're saying, but he's a demon in the blocking game and helps us win ball games again. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Like, that's going to be good for the football team. So I never went on and said, oh, T.J. Hawkinson, the blocking tight end that you could have found in this fifth, sixth round. That's you. That's you saying that garbage. I said he can block. He can catch. He's going to put up better numbers than most people expect. And hell, even if he doesn't catch the ball on some games, but he goes out and dominates in, in the inline blocking, helps carry on, helps protect the quarterback. Yes, I'm going to be happy with that, too. So. Can we move forward, or do you want to uh, go on and on about this? I don't. I don't. See I think I just between, murdered you in this in this no, debate. I, I, I don't think see it's, the it's ball game. What I said and you said. I just thumb. I just you know thumbnailed it. And you like you know try to like do your. Oh no! But I I put it. I put a nice spin on it. If he's if he's not get, catching the ball and catching <sighs> touchdowns, but he's but he's out there blocking and helping us win games. I'm good with that. Okay. So what's the difference between? You can go get a blocking tight end in, in the later rounds. I, I don't, as long as blocking tight ends helping you win games, it, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm about, to, I'm about to scream in the microphone right now, Griff. I said it so many times while you were blabbering on. He's more than a blocking tight end. How many times do I have to say it before you realize he does other things? Uh, yes, you can yeah. go get a you can go get a that, stiff in the sixth round. That all they can do is is line up next to the left tackle and get in somebody's way. That's not T.J. Hawkinson. That's, oh my that's god! That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's not just. A, I'm not saying he's just a blocking tight end. <sighs> like I said, I've said it before. Your top ten picks need to be your game changers. They need to be your superstars. They need to be your game breakers. That's what they need to be. How so do you know you he's not? He's never that. played. He's never I'm played, and you act like you've seen him for two years. I'm not saying he's going to be, but your whole thing is like, well, if he doesn't put up stats, but he's still out there blocking, I'm good, helping us win. I'm good with that. Okay, so you can go get a blocking tight end wherever, because that's what that's what that is. You're not putting up stats; you're just out there blocking, helping you win games. Then you got a blocking tight end. That's what you got. That's that's what it is. Gosh. All right, I, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say it again before, for the people. Yeah, let's move on are, before are, you start playing are, more music because your points are pointless. And you have to are, like, are play you... some sound bites to please the people. So go ahead. Let's move on to your next tight end. Yeah, my, my points are pointless. You want to call him a blocking tight end again, but say, I didn't call him a blocking tight end. Grifka, are you good I with his it. money you or did. not? You did if he's not putting up stats and helping us win games just by blocking. Then he's a blocking tight end. Grifka, the, because you can block doesn't make you just a blocking tight end and you get in the fifth round. Because you can block and do all these other things makes you a number top 10, top 15 pick. Well, fine. fine. How hard is that to understand? If you're catching two passes a game, blocking, 
you're catching two passes a game for, for 30 yards in blocking. Then you got Levine Toilolo, okay? That's what you got. That's what you got right there. And we uh, we oh, might have found something oh, with him, okay? Gosh. I think the Lions were really quick to let him go. Yeah. That's an See, inside that's, joke. That's, what pisses that's an me inside off joke, people. I'm completely fine. Levine Toilolo is not on the team, okay? Because so if we were running down the tight ends, you'd be like, oh, I'd rather have Levine Toilolo than this guy you've never seen before, and you're already writing him off. Anyway, are you good with the money with TJ Hawkinson so we can move on? Yeah, of course. I mean, because he's cheap. I mean, if it was the old rookie pace, if it was the old bloated pace scale, I'd be, you know, he would have got some fat contract with the number eight tight end. That would have been really bad. So, yeah, I mean, rookie contracts, you know, yeah, I'm good with it. Okay. Oh, there you go, people. I knew that was going to be both good and terrible at the same time, and it was pretty much what I expected. Grifka, Jesse James, the outlaw, came in here from Pittsburgh, um, making a really low cap hit this year of only 2.2. He uh, has a base salary of 800000 bucks, another kind of backloaded deal, but he does on average make around $6-plus for Jesse James. Thoughts? Feelings? I really like this signing. I, I do. Like you said, it's all it's all um, heavy on the end. So once again, it's one of those um, contracts, um, like a lot of the contracts we already talked about that were really backloaded, where the cap hit, the dead cap money is really heavy up front in these first few years that we obviously know they're going to be around. So was it, I think by his third year, if he's not producing like, you know, we thought, I mean, his cap, it's, you know, 4.2 million. I mean, that's it still sounds like a lot, but. I, I can't remember exactly what it goes down to after that, but uh, was it uh, this year? His cap hits like 2.2 by his third year, 6.4 with dead cap at 4.2. So he's one of those guys. If if he doesn't pan out like the team hopes, you know, come third fourth year, it's a little easier to part ways with him because you know third fourth year, T.J. Hawkinson should be right up there. He should be superstar status. So you know, it'd be easier to move on from James, Jesse James. But I do like this pick. The guy's got he's got good hands. You know, um, I think he's um, he's going to be one of the better tight ends that the Lions have had in recent years. But um, I, I really like the signing. I was um, pretty happy when, when they did do the signing. I know there's a lot of people out there um, that think that he might have been a little overpaid. But um, I think it was one of those things. Like, he was on Pittsburgh, and they had a lot of offensive weapons. So he was uh, kind of overshadowed by, by other people. So, um, But, yeah, I, I do like the signing. And, and I, I, don't, I don't mind the money. All right. I know we got to move through some of these other ones quickly, but I want to spend a couple minutes on Jesse James. To me, uh, you know, I'm looking at his numbers right now. Again, four years, $23 million, million basically for Jesse James. Um, average of nearly six per, like I said, 10, 10 and a half guaranteed at signing. I mean, this this was a guy I had circled on my free agent list of sort of, yeah, I mean, I – I knew he was a young guy. I knew he was really tall. I think he's six 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 seven. even if you want to stretch it. He, uh, he had some upside coming out of Penn State, but I was pretty surprised by this number. I mean, I think if you go across the league, you know, the elite guys are making money. The lower tier guys make no money. And $6 million for this type of player who hasn't really done a ton in the NFL. Seems like a decent team guy, but I'm really anxious to see what he'll do on the field. And I think this... This is a big chunk of change. I mean, we went on and on about Theo Riddick making, you know, around four or five million bucks. I mean, Jesse James is probably a number two tight end pretty quickly. Um, making this kind of money is is big. I mean, I know they want to have multiple tight ends. I know they want to help that position out. But this is no, hey, you know, it's a great contract. It's a, 
what they had to do to get him. I hope that he produces. I hope that he is a great teammate when TJ Hawkinson, you know, ends up uh, blowing him away or they end up working together well. But, uh, you know, to me, Jesse James would be a, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't even know what he's going to do that's going to be like his specialty. Like, I don't, he hasn't had a ton of red zone success. He's kind of a, he's not a breakaway threat. He's not that guy that will catch it and go 60 for a touchdown really. So I guess I just got to see him in a lion's uniform and get a feel for, excuse me, what he brings to the table. But, uh, you know, he, he better bring something or him and Hawkinson better work really well together and, and put up some impact on the football game for the, uh, I mean, basically what, 10, 11, 12 million bucks between the two of them. That's uh, that's not your cheap bargain basement tight end. Obviously, like we tried to do last year, that was a terrible move for the team. They just had no production there. So I, this is a TBD for me, like kind of wait and see, see what he brings, see what he looks like in the uniform, see, you know, if he is finding his niche and producing or if he's just, you know, going to be a, a backup to the rookie and, and going to be making six and change. That's a, a, a decent amount. Like you said, there is a potential out after two years, but I mean, I guess best case scenario would be this guy comes and at least plays, you know, three, four of these seasons and helps the team. But you know, if that number, then that number gets up higher than it is now, seven plus million dollars, there's probably a decision to be made there. So I'm curious when I look at the depth chart, I'm still happy to see, wow, look at our tight ends compared to last year. We've only went over two of them so far and they're both way better than not only anything we had last year, but they're pretty dang solid when you look across the NFL as well. So uh, let, let's see what he's got. Grifka, you want to talk to the people about Logan Thomas? Or you want me to tee, tee up uh, Logan Thomas for you? Uh, Logan Thomas, I mean, this guy's your, like you said, right now he's penciled in at number three. I mean, basic one-year deal. Uh, was it like 805000 So I'm, I, I don't know how to feel with about Logan Thomas. He was in the Lions camp was a few years ago, you know, didn't make the team, ended up going, I believe, up to Buffalo. Um, and just, I mean, Logan Thomas, I mean, he's, he's a big guy, and he really is. You know, he's athletic. He played quarterback in college at Virginia Tech. So, I mean, he, he's an athlete. And just, I'm just not expecting a whole lot of Logan Thomas this year. I mean, but the eight, you know, like you said, one year, 805000 I mean, I'm fine with that for being the number three tight end. Yeah, I mean, you broke down the numbers well. I, I don't know. I mean, the only the only way I see Logan Thomas making this team is if they end up keeping four tight ends. I think, you know, even though it was a a very late draft pick, you know, I Isaac Nada, who we'll get to soon, and I know I had some real issues with his athleticism, as most NFL teams did. But uh, I I feel like our best case scenario is to have you know the the young vet and Jesse James. Hawkinson and then Nada sitting there to uh, to kind of grow into this position and be that young, good tight end core that you need. You don't need a, you know, absolutely elite, some of the top elite guys. But to me, those three can absolutely be above average as well as TJ Hawkinson with a ton of upside to be in that top eight, top tight, uh, tight end area. So, um, you know, Logan Thomas, to me, again, if they keep four and they, if they for some reason, like him for that quarterback flex he used to have, or I don't know, he does have athleticism and stuff. So, I mean, if they are going to keep four and if he's able to show that in camp, maybe he makes this roster. But right now, I'd probably be putting him off the team. Again, the money's inconsequential, but 
just based on his talent, what he's done at other teams. You know, I just don't see all of a sudden the light clicking and this guy being a guy that you got to keep on your 53 heading into the season. So let's bundle up these next two, Griffka, Jerome Cunningham and Mitchell Low. Lowen, um, two guys that, I mean, Cunningham has been around for a bit. You kind of hear his name here and there, but never really done anything. Both guys basically making minimums with, uh, with no real, you know, no real bonuses, nothing big I can see here. I mean, to me, these are, uh, what, what do you, uh, what's that word again, Griff? Could you like to use it? I, I think you're the only one that uses it. And I really don't know how to use it, but I think old people like you use it and the people love it. So what would you call these two? Oh, I was waiting to say, Grifka, what's your take on him? Because it would have been two words, cannon fodder. <laughs> they are, they are uh, tackling dummies in the preseason, <laughs> and when uh, the games are happening, the preseason games are happening, come the second series, they're going to be like, hey, Jerome, go take the snaps. Hey, Mitchell, <laughs> go take the snaps. So uh, that way, uh, James and Hawkinson and, you know, maybe Logan, Tom, uh, Logan Thomas probably be out there too. But, you know, that's what those two will be. We're going to see those guys, you know, playing – you know, the fourth preseason game deep into the game. <laughs> that's that's what they are. And they're going to be those guys like, oh, gosh, you see a touchdown Jerome Cunningham at in the you know, preseason? He put up some good numbers. And then when they cut him, like, why didn't we keep Jerome Cunningham? You know, it'll, it'll, it'll be that, you know. So, but, yeah, they're, they're, they're cannon fodder. They're just – they're there to, you know, take up space in the locker room in the preseason. This is a double bell for cannon and for fodder. Um <laughs> And hey, Grifka, like our, our, when we're down there, we're going to the Patriots practice. Uh, that, that'll be great. I mean, seeing Tom Brady there and um, all the Patriots players, as well as our Lions, will be super fun. But if the Lions come over and sign autographs and you're trying to get your mini helmet and your jersey and your, your fake football you got from Walmart signed, like, do I have to literally stand up at the bleachers over top of you and tell the guy that's you're trying to get Jerome Cunningham's autograph? And I go, hey, Jerome, this guy called you cannon fodder and a tackling dummy. Do I have to tell all these players that? Or are you going to like, like, tell them they're the greatest thing ever. Like you did TJ Jones and, uh, you know, all these other wannabes back in the day. Oh, no, I mean, I, uh, I, you know, if I get a mini helmet sign, it got to be by somebody good. You know that. I, I'm not that I'm not that five-year-old kid who just hands out my stuff to anybody hoping to get it. Because, well, that's right, because we'll probably see Mitchell Lowen, you know, come to, uh, you know, was it come to Saginaw High to take on the Saginaw Fire Department? The Detroit Lions come to Saginaw, Michigan to take on the Saginaw, Saginaw Fire Department, starting with Mitchell Lowen. And like, that, hold, hold on, Grifka. Hold on. <laughs> you, you know, he used that joke last week, right? I know, but it's the same thing. That's what these guys are. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, not, not. Just put that with the uh, grab him by the tail lions joke he did earlier. Those, <laughs> those got to go. I don't think those out every once in a while. Just so you <laughs> see if you remember. Where did I hear that before? But yeah, that's, so, what, that's so, what these guys are. Okay, we'll, we'll see what happens at uh, at camp. Because I think I remember I'm the guy that's always protecting, like, the merch so that none of these scrubs sign it. And you're, like, always laughing at me because I won't even let, uh, you know, uh, Joseph Fourier sign my little free uh, – medallion that they give you when you walk through the uh, through the gates you're like you're like laughing at me i'm like i don't want i don't want him to sign that Are you kidding me but the funny <laughs> like, part was like somehow, somehow any toilet paper available always ended up in front of you how'd that happen oh, no like because like, you like you, gravitated you, right towards you every year because you were over there you were over there in the stands with that sign that said i heart tj jones and we're just yelling his name ridiculously i mean it was embarrassing I remember the really. one time i remember the one times like like some kid like there was like a seven-year-old kid behind trying to get through he comes walking up and you just kind of like 
you know, kind of like floated back and like let the kid get in front of you. And the look on this kid's face when TJ Jones signed like his ball, ball, it was just like, it was like Christmas morning and he got like an Xbox or something. He was all like, uh, dude, that's TJ Jones. Just want to let you know that. But, uh, and you just, you were like kind of looking around, like, how do I get out of this? And it was like, you know, the hand of God that grabbed you by the nape of your neck and just kind of pulled you backwards and you like floated backwards. It was yeah. kind of funny. For, for, for the kids, man. And, and real quick, before we move on, the funniest thing at camp is the guy with like the the five hundred dollar Lions helmet that came right off the field, and you look at it and like you see a signature by like I don't know Barry Herman Moore, Matt Stafford, but then you look at it further and there's fifty other signatures on there by like the worst player, like Andre Fluellen is right next to Stafford, <laughs> and then <laughs> I, remember, I remember you asked that guy. I remember you asked that guy like, so who's on there? And he goes. I don't know. I just have everybody sign it. It's just like, huh? What? It's like, why? I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it would be one thing if it was all like nobodies, but you could obviously tell there was like some Hall of Fame studs on there, and then there was people that can't even make the XFL. <laughs> yeah, they they were. Uh, you know what they were doing? They were probably uh, down at uh, Joe Louis Arena, being security guard. Like, hey, didn't you play for the Lions? I got my football in the car. I got my football in the car. Why don't you sign it for me? Griff now if you know you say that you gotta you gotta do your bowling ball gimmick. Oh, he's working at the bowling. <laughs> <There you laughs> so so <laughs> let's talk about one other tight end here. I just brought him up, Isaac Nada. Um has your tune changed? Because again, I don't want to get into some big argument with you, but again, this is a perfect example of what I do versus what you do. So we had our pre draft talk and I was kinda like I was taking Isaac Nada in a lot of my mock drafts up into the combine because he was at a good value. I think I was getting him in the third, fourth round. I thought, oh, man, he went to Georgia. He's got upside. He has, you know, good high school pedigree. I mean, decent uh, overall football player, nothing amazing, but also not like a, you know, I don't know, a blocking tight end that you can get in the fifth round. And uh, then I saw him at the combine. He's slow as molasses. He didn't test well. It's just like, well, this guy maybe can't play at the NFL level because he's just that unathletic and that, you know, I don't know. It just jumped off the page to me. Man, this guy can't can't do what I thought he could do. And Bob Quinn brought that up after they took him. But again, now that he's been drafted by <clears throat> our Lions, I want him to do well. I think that having another young tight end that, um, if you really look at it, he can catch the football. He has a good feel for the game. You know, Daryl Bevel said he has the best tight end hands out of anybody in the draft. Which which again, I don't know why you would say that when you took a guy at number eight, but you know, it was telling that, Hey, he believes in this guy. He has some attributes that are what Daryl Bevel believes to be useful and special. So I think that, you know, this is a guy now that we have to root for and a guy that I hope doing some more research on him, you know, there's no reason he can't be a good number three tight end with maybe number two tight end upside in, in case of injury. And a guy that in a pinch might just be able to make a few plays for you, maybe find his way in the end zone. And that's what you're looking for at this spot. I mean, again, sorry, dollars and cents. So um, taken in the, the seventh round, I believe, I mean, 520,000, really no guarantees. I, I want this guy to find his way on the roster, but I also know that he could be a late cut as well. It just kind of depends how he plays. Yeah. Um, how I feel about Nada when I remember we were doing, we did a podcast um, before the draft and we were kind of talking about late round guys. And this is a guy I brought is this up. A, is this a previous show that they should go back yes, and listen it was to? a previous show. Um, ding. Um, <laughs> and I brought this guy up and I think we both came down to, uh, it ended up being, because what you had said 
what you had read about him, how he kind of went from one of your early round guys, you know, maybe third, fourth round, you know, he found he wasn't as fast. And, um, and I think both of it ended up being like the best, like I would take this guy if I was lines like the seventh round. I think ultimately we would have been happy if he was like an undrafted free agent, but even seventh round, um, where they got him, like you said, rookie cap, you know, I, I, you know, I seen him play at Georgia. He just didn't produce like the, the dude. I remember when he was getting recruited because he was high on Michigan and high on Georgia. And he ended up going to Georgia. You know, he was, you know, he's a bit, he was a big guy, great hands. He just, he just didn't produce like they thought he would. So, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sad that he's on the team. I wasn't mad that they picked him. You know, like I said, it was late round guy, just tight end flyer, and you know, you, like, like I said, saw him play in college. And he had good hands. So I'm not I'm not sad about the pick, but like you said, you know it's a seventh round pick. His money's not very much. You know if if they end up cutting him, his dead money is like really nothing. So yeah, I think he might have to show a little bit. Like you said, he could work his way up to be the third tight end, or he could be a guy who just doesn't make the roster because he doesn't have all the skills that the team is looking for. So um, you know I'm I'm fine with him. You know like you said, cap wise, you know money wise, I'm fine with it. So where they drafted him, I'm okay with. But like you said, he's one of those guys that he might have to show something to make the team. So Grifka, you're uh, you're, saying you watch, you're saying you watch you're saying you're saying you watch the games. You sat in the lazy boy and watch this guy, so uh, he must be a good player since you you watched him. You watch the games. <laughs> I mean, I can't help but watch football just because I don't know what you do with your Saturdays in the fall. You're obviously not watching football because you, all you do is bag on me for watching football. Uh, like I said, I don't know what you do with your Saturdays. Saturdays in the fall, you must just sit around. Do you like sleep all day Saturday and just wait for Sunday? Or I, I don't know what you do with your Saturdays in the fall. Cause I watch college football. That's what I do. So <laughs> go ahead and laugh about it. But I'm sure there's a lot of, a lot of fans <laughs> listening to us right now. Do the exact same thing. They watch college football uh, as well because they like football. I mean, but you know, like I said, I watch the games. So you just wait for somebody to tell you who's good. And then you go look up their video. So, okay. Griffin, the reason I'm laughing is because it's so funny. You don't realize how funny it is that you say uh, you have all these takes on people because you've you physically sat and watched a four-hour football game, like like you were breaking down Isaac Nada when you watched a Georgia game. Georgia's on a lot, so um, because they're they're on they're on you know the SEC network, you know ESPN a lot, along with Alabama. So uh, yeah, I saw the guy play a lot. So it wasn't just one game, and I thought, hey, this guy's pretty decent. No, uh, Georgia was on a lot, okay? Yeah, they were, you know, they were on quite a bit more than, say, Vanderbilt, and they were on quite a bit more than, say, I don't know, Kentucky. Well, even Kentucky was decent last year, but in the past, Kentucky. So, uh, no, I mean, yeah, so, yeah, I've seen, I've seen this guy play a lot, okay? Much like you, you pretty much see anybody from Alabama play a lot. Or anybody from Notre Dame play a lot, so yeah, they're on TV all the time. So like oh. I said, I don't know what you do with your fall, your, your son. You 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 kind of pick at me. It's like, oh, you're playing with the kids instead of you. Know, so what are you doing in the fall? You know, on Saturdays, playing rings with your family or ring toss or whatever. I, I don't know. You told, hey Grandma, let's go play ring toss because it's only Saturday in the fall. Pro football doesn't start till Sunday, so my Saturday's free. So. Okay, you know that's what I do. I, I like I don't know what you do, so okay. 
Uh-oh. Oh my gosh, I'm dying over here. I'm dying because you, it's like you don't get the point that it's not that I don't watch games, it's that I don't come on the podcast and say, well, I like Isaac Nada's not. I'm glad we took him because I've watched him uh, a, a lot. I should have gave you a bell every time you said a lot so right you, there. But well, uh, that's all you did. You good just good for you. Congratulations. You just watched, you just watched a three minutes condensed version on YouTube of like all of his highlights of, of all four of his college touchdowns. And you're like, yeah, this guy's pretty good. He's something the wrong pick. So, okay. All right. Well, there we go, everybody. There's the Grifka evaluation of Isaac Nada. Why? Because he watched the games in his Lazy Boy. Drink it in, man. Exactly. Drink right. it in, people. Drink it in. Watch hey, you won't get the, you, you won't get that analysis anywhere else, everybody. He sat in his chair and he watched a football game. So there you go. Um, congratulations, Grifka. Can we move on to special teams? Because it's oh, my okay. favorite favorite no, thing of day, all time. I'm, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put something together like John Gruden, where I bring these guys into my home, and I'm gonna be like, watch the tape here i'm gonna do my john gruden see this is what you need to do here and these guys have like a notebook they're like taking notes you think they're actually taking notes of what john gruden is telling them or they're like sitting there going john gruden's full of crap you know so it's just kind of funny i mean you, you know what i'm talking about that quarterback stuff you always pull said okay well grifka they're probably going to listen to everything you have to say and at the very end just go <laughs> no you don't like that cop. i don't like that cop. Not a very good call. And then they'll just walk out and go like, well, why do you sit here and watch football for 12 hours when you could watch the Michigan game, do other things, and then still wouldn't know way more about draft prospects than you do because it doesn't matter. So anyway, we don't need to don't, rehash that whole bit. Don't tell, we'll, don't tell me you're multitasking while you're watching a Michigan game. I'm cooking dinner. I'm cleaning my house. I'm folding my laundry. But the Michigan game's Rick, uh, I, I always wonder if you listen when I talk. I said, I said, watch the Michigan game, then go do other things rather than watch these meaningless games oh, that you no, think I, you're, you're gaining I, I, all I this you knowledge. Said, I you said, watch the Michigan game and do other things. Like you were doing other things at the same time as watching the Michigan game. That's sorry. I mishear, I misheard you. So. <laughs> going on Detroit Kool-Aid listeners by now most of you have probably heard of reality sports online the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team just like an NFL general manager but the question is have you tried it it's time to go see what all the buzz in the dynasty community is all about I'm talking free agency multi-year contracts a rookie draft multi-team trades franchise tags contract extensions first round rookie options automated contract and salary cap functionality and much much more think it sounds complicated it's not the best thing about reality sports online fantasy front office is it doesn't take any more time than a standard league it just requires more strategy think you're among the fantasy elite well this is the platform to test your metal still not sure you can test out your general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction if you like what you see use promo code kool-aid one word lowercase promo code kool-aid to receive a 10 percent discount on your team or league today fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let, let's move to special teams, buddy. Yes. This is uh, Best, this is something the major that... part of the game. People do not take it for granted. Huge, huge. Thirty-three point three 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 percent of the game. I mean, absolutely incredible. We got to spend a ton of time on it. Uh, not really. We're actually probably going to spend only a couple minutes on it because uh, that's kind of what it deserves. But the top guy on my list, Grifka, is a guy that I've always enjoyed. I'm glad. I remember when this guy got cut and he had some issues out in Denver. I was like, we need to get Matt Prater because this guy had a big leg. He was young at the time. He was a guy. We were struggling. Hold on. I got that here somewhere. Struggling. Struggling. <laughs> With kicking. And and Matt Prater comes in and he absolutely uh, – flipped our script in regards to kicking this guy makes a decent penny i mean i don't have all the other kickers right here in front of me but 3.4 has got to be kind of in that mid to upper tier range in regards to kicker contracts but he's been a great soldier here he's done well um you know do you have it how many more years he has i got that here like is he he locked up for a couple more years yeah yeah was they just signed him was it uh, a year or two ago so i think he's around for a couple more years if i remember correctly Cause what's nice is like if he's solid and just keep, you know, he, he has missed some kicks, but he, he makes more than he misses and he definitely kind of is decent in the clutch. So um, yeah, they just got him for this year and next year um, on pretty much that same deal cap hit, you know, of around uh, three gets his way up to 4 million. I mean, I like Matt Prater as a football player. He is getting older, man. He's 35, 36, but you know, you could probably kick up to 38, 39-ish if you wanted to. So I like this guy on our team. I mean, any any big thoughts, epiphanies about Matt Prater? I just have a question for you. What do you think he has to do to reach his $100,000 workout bonus? Like, what does he got to do? <laughs> you know, you're a kicker. I mean, are you running wind sprints? Are you just, like, kind of showing up at the facility and throwing up a couple bench presses? I mean, I'm always wondering. It's like, I mean, because, I mean, like, kickers and punters, I mean, yeah, they, they're thin, but I, I highly doubt they're ripped. You know, I was that one guy in the Giants. He was like ripped, but but I, I just wondering, wire like, tattoo. hundred thousand dollar workout bonus. Like, I, I just always kind of wondering, like, he's the kicker though. But nah, man, what he's making, what he does, like you said, he has missed a few, but he's got a big leg and he's more. He makes more than he misses, so I'm pretty happy with that. You know, so uh, it seems like uh, you know, Lines had that little blip in between uh, Hanson and Prater, so. Uh, you know, uh, he'll be around for a few years, I'm sure, as long as he keeps still bombing those close to 50 yarders, you know, as, as much as he does that, uh, he'll be around for a bit. So he's got to really start, you know, chunking them up there for uh, the lines to look to move on from him. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm good with him. But the one thing, and I got to throw this out about Matt Prater, like the last couple years of Shabashkin Janikowski's career, he was wearing like that that double XL untucked Jersey that he got from like the, the Seattle pro shop just looked like a fat tub of lard. Like, uh, you know, 
<laughs> Matt Prater's got he looked a little chunky, but I think over the last couple of years he's kind of slimmed it up a little bit. But he was getting to that point where he'd wear that sloppy untucked jersey with uh, cover up his barbed wire tattoo. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is a uh, this is kind of embarrassing. But he got a decent new haircut and slimmed up. And like I said, as long as he bombs it from fifty, I don't care what he wears or what he does. See, but that's just it. Like, so they look sloppy like that. And if we saw him outside the stadium before the game, we'd be like, "Dude, check out that guy wearing the Prater jersey." And we're like, "Wait, no, that's really Matt Prater." No, never mind. And <laughs> uh, I know we got to keep it moving, but another classic is every year at the tailgate when the guy walks by. There's some guy. I swear he's at every game. He walks by with this like Jason Hansen game worn jersey, but it's like it's like the one that's eight times eight length where it goes down to like his knees and it's untucked. It looks like a dress of some sort. You're like, okay, first of all, like rocking a game cut Jason Hansen is not that cool. Like there's some throwbacks where it's kind of like, oh man, he was cool. But like rocking a decent kicker for us is just kind of lame in general. But then when it's like the sleeves are all like done up and it goes down to his ankles, it's kind of like, no, it's not good. So, you know, we see that guy every year, a couple Hansen jerseys walk by every year, no doubt. So, we, we talk about looks. It leads me into our next guy, which <clears throat> if you can clear the floor for a minute, Grifka, I've got a few things to say here. I'm going to talk about a guy. He's been brought up on the show before. His name is Sam Martin. Now, when you were talking about what you wear, you know what this guy does? Okay, well, let's talk about him on the football field. On the football field, he only has a couple duties, yet he wears a fanny pack, a towel, gloves, pine tar, all this other garbage that he puts on to do what? Hold the football for a half a millisecond while the kicker kicks it. Then the guy comes out. Oh, man, he's booming them in workouts. He's booming them in pregame. He's hitting it, uh, hitting the screen in Dallas in the first quarter. But anytime we actually need a kick that matters. Oh, shanked it a seven-yarder off to the right. Oh, I uh, dropped the kick, uh, you know, lose it for us. To me, I got so many issues with Sam Martin. He can't play in the clutch I don't think he he needs you know a fanny pack and a suitcase just to hold the football uh, when it comes to special teams and and this guy to me outside of football every time I see him I know he's like Matt Stafford's boy so that's probably still why he's on the team too it's just like hey you gotta keep my buddy around to keep the quarterback happy but this guy's out in public looking like in sync's like whatever they had, sixth, seventh member, the long lost member. I mean, he's got the spike do. He's always got the capris on the, the extra tight shirt. I mean, it's embarrassing. I guess I shouldn't expect much more from a punter, but I, I got major issues with Sam Martin. The guy makes $3 million to be a punter, which again, what's he ever done? He punts great when it doesn't matter. And then when it matters, he chokes. I, I don't know. He's a punter. I know Rich Eisen says punters and kickers are people too, but to me, I'd be paying the minimum and getting a guy that's serviceable, not a guy like this who just has all these random things going on with him. But, hey, hopefully he punts well this year, and I'll uh, be a big fan. <laughs> the, the tune will change. But I I, I, get the bell. I have to agree with you. It seems like, you know, I said it before, like guys aren't clutch. He's just not clutch when we need something big it just doesn't happen yeah he'll boom the 50 yard punt and you know late in the fourth quarter when the lines are down by 21 and they're just punting it's just like he pinned him inside the tent well congratulations you know too bad you know when we're up by you know seven and we need a nice punt you know you're right you you kick a five yard punt and you just kind of drop your head into your hands but cannot play with him cannot win with him cannot coach with him can't do it 
Yeah. And, you know, like you said, Rich, I said, you know, punters and kickers are people too. You know, well, I guess technically they're human beings like that, you know, but, uh, you know, if you find somebody special, you know, like a Matt Prater, you kind of keep them around. But I think guys like Sam Martin, they're just like how well he does for us. He's kind of a diamond dozen. You're right. I mean, it seems like you go get some, maybe you could go get somebody who's a little cheaper, but I don't know. I guess they like his big leg, you know, in practice and stuff. So who knows? Sam Martin, I really got nothing personal with you, but I do still have an issue with that kick in Dallas. That's pitiful. I mean, it's absolutely pitiful to, to perform like that. Pitiful. It sucked. It stunk. And that was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. We threw that game. You basically helped us lose that football game with that bullcrap you pulled off late there in Dallas, man. I'll never forget that, no doubt about it. So that's probably where some of my vitriol is coming from, Griffco. Can we can we move on? Yep. Move on to a nicer topic, Griffco. A topic that's, uh, uh, man, it's just it's just it's good. It's just a good topic. I'm feeling pretty good. Pretty, 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 Grifka, pretty, I'm feeling pretty, pretty, good. pretty good about this guy, Don Muehlbach, man. Death taxes and Don Muehlbach, he's been doing it. I can't even remember when there was a terrible snap. I mean, gets his job done, doesn't oh, say man. much. You they don't have, have to mess that. with his contract. He's a you good football player. That. Oh, don't don't give me that. See that that's that's classic Grifka. He's not only negative when things aren't going well. He's he's superstition guy. Because I said drop a have a bad snap. Now he thinks it's gonna happen. Get out of nope, here with that. No, no, that's no, that's, that's lo- not it. You said you that's can't loser remember. mentality, Grifka. Don't no, make me said, hit the you button. Said, you said you said you can't. You said you can't remember when he had a bad snap. The problem is I do remember when he had a bad bad snap, and I can give you the synopsis of it later. But you know I do like Don Muehlbach. I do. You know, I think he's worth every penny that they give him. I mean, they tried, what, drafting a guy a couple years ago, and he obviously couldn't beat the guy. You know, so, yeah, I really like Don Muehlbach. I I really, really do. (laughs) But I do. But his rookie year, it was, if I don't know if you remember it, Steve Murray, she was the coach. You're playing at home. I'm about to take the Minnesota Vikings. Lions (laughs) drive down. They get the the almost tying touchdown. All they need is the extra point to tie the game late in the game. And Muehlbach just throws a ground ball, and it's bad. That was incredible. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was just like, oh, yeah. That, but I think that was his last bad snap. I mean, really. I mean, so I do remember that because I remember the look on Mariucci's face of, of sheer like, like what happened? You know, the Steve Mariucci in awe, awe look. But that I, I remember that. <laughs> was that you on your couch, Griffin, when it happened? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> or were you saying something else? No, I think actually that game. I kicked a throw pillow across my living room, if I remember. I think that's what happened right there. We, we need to do a short. On the floor. It was one of those, like, it was short... late in the game, and I was, yeah, I was like, kind of hunched over, you know, squeezing the pillow like a like a tent, like one of those stress stress bears or whatever. And I was like, oh, and they scored. So, like, when they scored the touchdown to go down by a point, you know, I jumped up and I dropped the pillow. So the pillow's laying in front of me. And so, like, okay, they're going to go into overtime. Let's get the ball. You start thinking that way. And then. Um, I didn't have a coffee table in front of my couch because um, I, I used the end tables to hold my drinks and stuff like that. Um, so when he's when the snap brown balled back there, I got so pissed I kicked the, the throw pillow across the living room. Nothing broke, thank God, because that would have got me into more trouble. But that uh, that's I, I do remember that though. Yes. Rifka, we're going to have to have a short segment one day about all the crap you've broken, all the dumb crap you've done watching Lions football. But the the one quick story I want to bring up is I'm over your house trying to watch a Lions game. 
and you uh <laughs> i'm freaking sitting there and like i had a drink or something i go to put it on this little coffee table they did have and yeah. it just fell right through and i'm like what and like it was one of those ones that has glass on the top but there was no glass but you couldn't really tell and i'm like what the hell you know like oh yeah i broke that during a lions game lions cowboys <laughs> like, oh my gosh lions cowboys i remember that i remember that well that was that was the game where i was i was beefing with chuck this is this is no lie i was beefing with chuck about it because chuck's always like cowboys never get, get calls i'm like what I'm like, what? Oh, so that that was the game. Um, that was the game where I can't remember who got called for a horse collar on Marion Barber, and it clearly showed that they gra- that he grabbed the predator's locks, you know, and brought him down that way. So <laughs> yeah. somehow it stopped him on third down, and they would have been out of field goal range. But it put him actually, it, it actually kept the drive alive. And Marion Barber scored like a play or two later, and I was so mad. Like the Sunday paper was laying over the glass. I was so mad, so I punched it, and I broke it, and I broke it the glass underneath it. And the funny part was when that happened, I was actually on the phone with my wife. She was at the store asking me what she wanted me to pick up for dinner. I'm like, Oh, she goes, Oh, sorry for swearing people. She, I'm like, she goes, what happened? I go, I just broke the glass in the coffee table. She goes, dang it. And I got an earful right there on the phone. So then I had to text Chuck and I'm like, yeah, Cowboys never get calls. And it, it led to a 10 minute argument through text. So, but that's how that broke. So I do remember that also. It was just a piece Crystal of glass. Lee. I mean, it was like a wood and glass top, people. That's what it was. And I broke <laughs> one of the glass pieces that was in it. Griffco, we got to do two quick things. First of all, uh, who, who gets calls in the NFL? I mean, the people would like to know that. Um, Packers, Cowboys, Patriots, Steelers. I mean, whatever. <laughs> and then the, to finish off the story, because some of your stuff you said wasn't as funny. People were like waiting for the punchline. My punchline to the story is like – I don't know if it's more funny that I tried to put a glass on a glass where there was no glass or the fact that you broke a glass probably like years and years ago and just left it that way. So like every time I would come over your house after that, I would look at the same damn hole in the table and it would just sit there. I was like, Oh, I can't put my drink there. Remember when I did that once? So it's like, you know, it was my man cave. It's still no excuse. But yeah, all, the table the, with the big hole in it was funny. It was my man cave. The nice stuff was upstairs. Okay, <laughs> you were in yeah. my you were in my living room many a time. The couches were nice. The end tables, the coffee, very <laughs> nice. But that was my man yeah. cave. It was yeah. it was meant it was meant for stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I wish the Kool Aid drinkers could see a rocking Grifka in his chair, just complaining about everything. Yet he still loves the team. It's it's a sight to be seen. And like like you said, don't have something really bad go wrong in a big game or something getting broken. No doubt. So, Grifka, I don't even really want to end it on this note. We've had a good show, a fun show, lots of uh, clips and funny moments. But uh, we kind of have a backup kicker here, Santoso. I mean, uh, again, uh, you want to give your take on this for the people? Yeah, on uh, this guy, there's an episode of The Simpsons, actually, where Bart goes to work in a brothel, and he's working the front door, and Grandpa Simpson walks in, so, you know, he puts his he puts his hat on the hat rack, says hi, sees Bart's working the front door, does a circle, grabs his hat and leaves. That's going to be this guy. It's going to be the start of training camp. He's going to see Prater standing there. He's just going to grab his hat and leave, because that's pretty much, that's going to be his time with the team. Well, I uh, just have to say this. Bingo! Bingo! Bingo!
<laughs> yeah, the, there'll be time when the Lions have to find another kicker that's just a camp leg and nothing really to say on his dollars and cents either. So, Grifka, I mean, that was intense. That was special teams, baby. That was 33.33% of what they do on a Sunday. I mean, how do you feel? I feel so much better that we got to talk about special teams. That I don't <laughs> believe last year during dollars and cents we did. So they have to be included. They are people too. Absolutely. What kind of people? But uh, yeah, I'm glad we talked about them. I'm so glad we got to talk about the tight ends and uh, um, and and to entertain as well as uh, you know give our our stances on that. Man, pretty soon Griff could be playing football. So both of us are going to have to answer for these takes and see who is right, who is wrong. Um, you know, it's not just about the numbers, but uh, like I said, I'm expecting some good things, not only from the team, but certain few players on this team, and we'll uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. So, um, buddy, we're gonna come back on. Uh, man, we're gonna try to give the people Friday morning a kind of recap of me going down to going down to Lions training camp. I mean, that's the that's the goal. Take the the couple hour drive from where I live down to the APHQ and and watch this football team the first day of camp. Uh, really. I don't know if I ever went to the first day. Usually we get down there kind of that first weekend or whatever it is, but we're going to go on that Patriots thing. So that should be fun. And um, this was a good show. Uh, there's just one more thing to ask. I mean, I'm just curious if you had anything else, you know, for the people. I don't usually say nope, but I'm sitting here thinking about we may be able to do a show, actually probably three or four shows on all the meltdowns I've had watching Lions games over the years. People might like those stories. I might have to do a memoir or something like that. But other than that, nope. <laughs> now, Grifko, we've done like over 150 shows and we built up that gimmick and you decide to just break the gimmick out of nowhere off script. Yup. <laughs> you want, you want to take it back rewinders? <laughs> Grifka. Know your role and shut your mouth because the people's champ is ready to talk. Grifka, the Oakry says, do you have anything else for the people? Jabroni? Uh, nope. Thank you, you Rudy Poo. Uh, man, that, that was fun, man. Like I say, Dollars and Cents was a fun series. Everybody, we thank you for listening. We just really enjoy doing the show. We definitely try to have some light humor and have fun and give some unique takes on the players, not the same old stuff you hear every other day. So thanks for hanging in there, listening with us. Uh, tune back in to see what I saw at camp, see if any crazy stories or what I who I ended up running into, what happened. And then we'll uh, next week, I mean, we're bringing you guys two shows here on the Kool-Aid cast uh, where me and Grifka give our take on the 2019 Detroit Lions schedule. We're going to give you the winners, the losers, how we see it going down, and probably a whole bunch of other things. So stay right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, hope you have a good week. Catch us Friday. We're going to get out of here. Peace. Back to back. Start the play. This game is over. It is over. What a Drink it in, man.